This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. This 12-part series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I'm looking for durable competitive advantage. I'm looking for something that has a moat around it for a considerable period of time. And I'm looking for an an honest and able management to run it because I don't know how to run it myself. Welcome to Get Started Investing, a series of lessons to help you get started on your investing journey. This is a series for anyone that wants to access the markets and start investing but isn't really sure where to start. Our aim is to make the markets as accessible as possible for you. And as always, my name is Bryce (laughs) and I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? Tight opening. I'm glad eight episodes into this, we've really nailed the opening. Just letting you know that my name is always Bryce. Always. Always, always. Just in case people were getting confused. We actually didn't address at the start of the show why I call you Ren and people are probably very confused because your real name is Alex. Send in your best fan theories to contact at equitymates.com. Yes, so his name is Alec. I call him Ren. The markets <laughs> named him Ren. So anyway, enough of our names. Let's uh, kick into. I'm to- glad we explained <laughs> it very well. <laughs> Let's kick into the show, Ren. So we've spoken about jargon on the previous episode, and we have an official stance of no jargon. This is all about investing in layman's terms. And today's episode is taking that a little further and starting to dissect some of the places that we go for information that have all of the jargon in it. Yes. So, yeah, last episode we broke down a bunch of jargon. And this episode, we are going to discuss where we go to find information. You know, one of the biggest questions that we often get from investors is, where do you guys start? Where do you find information about your stocks? Where do you find stock ideas? Where do you get inspiration from? Now, I think from the outset, there is no one stop wonder, one hit wonder. There is no one website or newspaper that gives you everything that you need to know. So in today's episode, we are going to break down where we find information and what we use them for in our investing journey. So I think we can start with information around company-specific sort of stuff. Then there's also using, I guess, a broader investing community to find information. And then more specifically, some of our, I guess, websites and newspapers and and more specific um, resources that we use. So Ren, you curate our Thought Starters email, which is what we release every Monday. If you haven't signed up, definitely go and do that. Five five interesting articles. Can't believe it's taken you eight episodes to mention <laughs> it. No, <laughs> completely forgot about it. We might we'll have to add something in post. So if there is one place to start for information, it is by signing up to Thought Starters at EquityMates.com. But 
It's five interesting articles that uh, have piqued our interest over the previous week. And I think let's start with that, Ren, because it's not always company-specific stuff that we're putting in there. It's a great, it's a vast array of stuff that you put into the newsletter. Yes. Where do you find oh. all of these different sorts of things? Like you love, <laughs> you love a rabbit hole. I, I do love a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. As we go through this episode, it's probably an answer of all of the above. Yeah. But I think in general terms... We've never had better access to information than we have now. Yeah. The internet has just democratized information that for decades, centuries, decades for markets at least, was only available to a select few. But with the internet, we have so much accessibility to company information, mm. information from other investors and expert investors in mm-hmm. the community, mm-hmm. and not just through you know finance podcasts like us interviewing them but literally from these investors writing and then releasing it to the public. Mm. And then there's a whole bunch of third-party analysts and you know amateur stock pickers that run blogs and websites and all the rest and release this information for free. And at the same time, the big institutions are also you know releasing stuff that normally you would have to pay for and now they're, they're giving it to you for free. Yeah. So the internet is a fire hose of information. I'm not sure where I've heard that before. That might have been from our There's Someone friends. that we interviewed, someone recently that we interviewed on Equity Mates Investing Podcast in, referred to it as a fire hose of information, but I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. It was someone... Anyway, and let's not dwell on who it was, but it is a, a great... Mark, the Mark Bernberg? Maybe. It was a great analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was obviously really stuck with us because we're using it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not yeah. claiming it as our own though. No. Yeah. So, Ren, I thought a good way to do this would be to actually just almost do it as a bit of a case study. Let's sort of maybe choose a theme and pretend that we're trying to find a stock and go through the process of starting at the macro level. Where would we find information on that macro theme? And then moving through to finding information particularly about that stock and, I like it. and, yep. and how we would sort of finish up because that's generally, that's the process that I go on anyway. I, yeah. I rarely s- sort of think, oh, I'm, I'm going to directly go to this stock because it's generally come from me researching sort of broader trends. Yeah. So I guess that what you're talking about is a top-down approach. Yes. You're saying you identify the theme or the country or the market that you think is particularly interesting and then you go down layers that way. Yeah. The other option that you're alluding to is bottom up. So maybe you're looking for particular financial indicators or something like that and you find a bunch of companies that meet a certain set of criteria that you have. Yes. And then that's the starting point is that list of companies that meet whatever criteria and then you do bottom-up research. So you do individual research on those companies and if you think those companies are interesting, you then go to what's happening in their market, their economy, their industry, stuff like that. So you, you, you go up and you eliminate companies as you go, or you, the other option is you go down yeah. and you eliminate companies as you go. Either way, the concept is really fundamentally the same, which is you start with the investing world, really, and then you narrow in until you you eliminate companies or ETFs or whatever that aren't, don't interest you, and then you're left with your investments. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I do both. You know, when we do our mastermind series with Julia Lee on Equity Mates Investing Podcast, I generally do a bit of a bottom up approach. I'm not sure how you approach that, but skipping forward a bit here, I think a resource that is very useful are stock screeners. Yeah, you are skipping forward. So let, let's not skip forward. Okay. Let's go from the top down approach first. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's just take transportation as an industry that we're interested in. Okay. Um, 
and let's pretend that we want to find out more about it and hopefully come down to maybe four or five stocks that we want to invest in in the transportation industry. Yep. Now, we don't have to be too specific, but generally speaking, the way I would start now, let's just say I've come across transportation as an area of interest because I really enjoy reading the AFR. And AFR is Australian Financial Review. It's a newspaper that comes out daily, Australian newspaper, all things finance and marketing related. Now, that would be one way that I have found transportation as an area of interest. What other ways perhaps would you have come across transportation as an area of interest, Ren? So potentially you see the government are making big investments in infrastructure. Yeah. Potentially you are reading not uh, the AFR, but maybe you're reading just a normal newspaper and you're reading about demographic trends. So you're reading about the massive population increases in Sydney and Melbourne and you start to think about how people are going to move through this city and what industries are going to benefit from it. One of them is obviously going to be increased demand for transportation. Potentially, you're learning about new technology and you're seeing, you know, things about self-driving cars and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, this is an interesting industry. And you start researching it that way. Where sort of resources do you generally find yourself doing these sorts of things though? Like, are you on Reddit? Are you on Sydney Morning Herald? Are you on Vogue.com? Always, but that's just because I'm extremely fashionable. (laughs) (laughs) I think from a resource point of view, where can people go to find this sort of information? Really, the list is... Endless. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think day-to-day, being on top of the news is really important, both financial and general, but... Then also longer term, reading books. I don't want to give a set of like recommendations sure. in terms of these are the three or four places you need to look. You just need to be curious, yes. really. Yeah. Just whatever it is, like if you're on the train and you're just you're looking through your Apple News or whatever, like just be curious. So my curiosity has led me to come across three shipping companies and two trucking companies all within transportation because I found a couple on Reddit and found a few reading newspaper articles. So probably take a step back. You decide that transportation is an interesting industry for you. How do you even get to that point where you've got the five companies that you were alluding to? To your point, if they were talking about large infrastructure development contracts being awarded and as part of that, they made reference to a number of companies that had been awarded those contracts and they were large trucking companies. So bang, there's two companies in the paper that you think, well, this is a place to at least start, right? Yeah. So I think the other places you could start, are one is literally just Google. So you could literally Google ASX listed trucking transport companies or transport companies just generally and you could get a list the other thing is so yahoo finance and google finance are really useful resources they're run by obviously yahoo and google and they're just really useful sources of information they consolidate a lot of information about companies what they also have is a related company section Mm. where they list companies that are in a similar industry or in a similar field so to your point if the news was talking about transport company, let's say Toll. You could go to look at Toll and it may have related companies, you know, DHL, FedEx, Australia Post wouldn't really be, it's not publicly traded, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it lists the similar companes. Yeah, really good, couldn't, good point. Couldn't tell you shipping companies, Merck. So, all right. So we've found companies, we've found some related companies. So now it's time to start pulling together stock specific information, right? 
Now, there are a number of ways to do this, but there's probably no better way to begin than from the truth, source of the truth, which it would be the company websites themselves. In my opinion, a great place to start getting an overall picture of what the company is all about. Key messages and, and strategic outlook from the company itself is through the investor center on yeah, most of these I think websites. That's a really crucial point. Yeah. Don't just Google. You know, if you let's take toll as an example, if you're looking at trucking, don't just Google toll because you'll get the customer facing website. Yeah. If you want to hire them to drive something, that's where you go. Investor center or investor relations, just add that to your Google search. You'll get the website specifically for investors. All companies have to have this on their website if they're publicly listed. Sometimes it's hidden away down the links down the bottom. Sometimes it's in the top right-hand corner. You need to look out for it, but that will have all of the information that is applicable to investors. It'll have previous annual reports. It'll have presentations they've done at their annual general meetings. It'll have all announcements that they've made to the market. Everything that you need to get a general idea and even specific idea for financials and that sort of stuff once you get to that point is all found through the website. Yeah. Now, I think the important call out is it's obviously from the company. Yes. If they've got bad news, they're either going to find a way to obscure it or find a way to sugarcoat it. Yeah. And if they've got good news, they're going to try and make it great news. Yes. So, there, there always just has to be a grain of salt. Absolutely. So, then, Ren, if I want to get a bit of a third opinion or second opinion on the company itself, stock-specific sort of stuff, where would be a good place to start for that? So... I think there's more formal and more informal places. So, the formal ones are things like investment banks and other banks will often write about certain companies. They'll, you know, especially if something big has happened at that company, they'll, they'll put out research about it. So, that's always a useful point of information. There's a lot of paid services out there where Mm. you can pay for this kind of stuff. There are plenty of free ones as well. It just takes a bit of Googling. So, That, that's the more formal side of it. The more informal side is that there is just this massive global community of investors, both amateur and professional, that share ideas and information on different forums and different blogs. And in Australia, Hot Copper is well known. Yeah. It's got a reputation. Uh, Reddit is obviously a great uh, resource, depending on what subreddit you're on. If you haven't used Reddit, uh, you're looking... You're looking for the investing subreddit and not the Wall Street Bet subreddit. Even though that is good. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. But then there's also just heaps of blogs and, mm-hmm. you know, like heaps of really good investors write and publish for free on their blogs. And so, you, you will just come across really interesting stuff. So, so, what I would suggest doing is if you're interested in Toll, just just start Googling Toll, start looking on these forums at Toll and um, you'll come across some interesting stuff. Yeah. Now, the important thing there is both the formal and the informal stuff. It's all opinions to some extent, some better informed than others, but no one can predict the future. All right. Well, we've covered a lot of ground, plenty to go. Hope you guys are getting a lot out of this. But before we do dive into it, uh, we're just going to take a very quick break and hear from our sponsors. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. To that point, Ren, it is critically important that you do your own research when it comes to all of this sort of stuff. Whilst following other people who have investing success is a good idea to get an idea of how they're thinking and how they're going about their investing blatantly copying and taking up on mates advice and tips for stocks can actually lead to some very quick losses so yeah yeah, yeah. I, we've been burnt a few times i think the i think the important thing is though that you don't want to blindly follow someone into a trade because if they're wrong you're losing your money yeah but by the same token there's no points for originality in investing yeah if you can if someone has a good idea and they're going to make money on it. There's no shame in following them into that trade and also making money in it. By all means. There, there is no points for originality here. A dollar is a dollar is a dollar. But don't turn around and blame them if you lose your no, money. No, of yeah. course not. Yeah. So you take their ideas, but then do your own analysis and only enter into a trade if you're comfortable with the analysis and with the thesis. Yeah. So, Ren, I just want to touch on some more company-specific stuff. I think we could pad out a bit more annual reports. A bit underrated for sort of, you know, people new to the market, but a a really rich source of information. What's one of your sort of favorite aspects of an annual report? And also, where do you find them? So, as I've got better at understanding investing and understanding investing jargon, the income statement and the balance sheet are sources of truth. Yeah. The numbers don't lie. Um, Unless they're doing fraud. Yeah. (laughs) True. Um, Enron represent. Um, So, yeah, look, I think they're really useful. But in the early days, or even today, like the the commentary around the company and how it's going, you know, from the CEO or whatever is really useful. The director's report, when you found out how many board meetings the directors went to, less useful. What they're paid is interesting. Yeah, saying they have to publicly show everyone what the big dogs are getting paid. So that's fun. Yeah. You know, they're 70 to 100 pages and a lot of the pages you can skip through, but there's generally some really interesting things in there. Particularly around guidance, I think is interesting because companies have to release a market update around guidance. Do they have to? Yeah, that well if they if they give guidance and then it changes, oh, they true. have to yeah, yeah. they have to let the market know if their guidance is going to be way off to what is, yeah. is actual. I would love to just if I was a CEO, I'd probably just not give guidance. Well, you can't. I'm pretty sure you have to. But do you have to give it in the first place? Yeah, yeah, cuz yeah, you do. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so annual reports are found on all the company websites and mainly through your brokers as well. You can find annual reports there. Worth saying that as when a company releases an annual report, they'll generally release uh, like results presentation as well, which will be a slide pack, which is a bit easier to digest. Yeah. So if you don't want to wade through an annual report, there's also the results presentation. What about if I want to find charts, Ren? Where where's a good place to find charts? You love a good chart. I do love yeah. a good chart. Uh, so we mentioned before Yahoo and Google Finance. They're probably the most common sources for charts. Yeah. I could recommend tradeview.com, really good for charting as well, and also has great exposure all across the world, pretty comprehensive charting. But to Ren's point, I think Google and Yahoo are more than enough to get started. So that's the top-down approach, Ren. 
What about the bottom-up approach that you were talking about? So starting specifically with a stock. Well, you you mentioned stock screeners. Yes. So do you want to start there? Sure. So stock screeners are a great way of filtering very quickly a large number of stocks into a smaller pool of stocks based on a number of key metrics that you feed into the screener that you deem as important to your investing approach. For example, I might want stocks that are worth $50 million or more in market capitalization. I want them to have been earning a profit of 10% or greater. I want earnings per share to be 15% or more over the last three years, and I want them to be in America. Those I can put into a stock screener, and then it'll essentially go through the list of stocks in America and spit out a list that match each of those criteria. And then from there, you can then, I guess, start taking a bit more of a detailed approach to all of those stocks. Yeah. Yeah. So you could be as random and as specific as you want. You could say, I only want marijuana stocks with headquarters in (laughs) Sydney and a CEO that has had 15 years experience in Now, that would be hard to do. (laughs) You'd need a very specific stock screener to do that. I don't don't have the same one that lets you do that, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just... You, you just, you, whatever criteria you want to filter on. Generally speaking, stock screening criteria is around ratios or financial yeah, performance. Profit growth, profit sales growth. growth. Yeah, yeah, so more numbers, quantitative sort of stuff. Yeah. Applying qualitative sort of screening around management and that sort of stuff is is difficult. I don't think I've really come across a screener that lets you do that. But if you're looking at quantitative analysis and reducing the large pool of stocks that you're looking at, then screen is certainly the best place to start. Yeah. So that gives you a list of stocks. And then what you can do is what we talked about before, but in reverse. So maybe you do whatever screen you were talking about before, and then you come out with a list of three companies and you say, okay, these look interesting. Some investors would then invest on the back of that. But as a beginner investor, do your research. Next thing I would say is then you look at the company's annual report. You read up about the company. What's it doing? Are the numbers telling the whole story? Are there other things you need to understand? What's the company doing? Is it growing? Is it you know, receding, whatever? Then you would maybe look at the industry that it's in and the economy that it's in competitors yeah you know is the if you were talking about american company is the american industry really really oversaturated you know is there heaps of players in the market is the market not growing very quickly all that stuff yeah and then you can really make a decision okay i think this company's financials might be good but the environment that it's in more broadly, maybe it isn't a good investment. Yeah. Or maybe on the flip side, you can say the numbers were okay, but the numbers are okay in an industry that seems to be growing incredibly quickly. Maybe we're getting it at the right time just before it really takes off or you know, whatever it is. So if you go bottom up or top down, you really should be covering off the same points. It's just how you go about weeding out the bad stocks and picking the good ones. Absolutely. Now, don't freak out that you need to know all of those steps all at once. It's very much a journey and a process of understanding what's important to you, what metrics are in line with your investing strategy, and hey, you might not even touch a stock screener for the first two or three years of your investing journey. That is absolutely fine. You'll find what works for you. You'll find out what, I guess, information sources are relevant. And if you love reading, you can go down rabbit holes. If you're more of a quantitative person, you might end up you know, looking at Excel spreadsheets, balance sheets, and that sort of stuff. 
stuff. There's not sort of a, a one size fits all approach to this. It's very much what suits you. So don't panic about needing to know everything that we've just talked about. So I think we've spoken a lot about company specific information or like finding information around companies. And I want to come back to that in one second. I want to finish with a question for you. But before we get there, I think it's also worth talking about investing information more generally, Yeah, information about the skill of investing. And John Hampton, who's a famous Australian investor, I heard him recently say, you've got to read five investing books. It doesn't matter what five, you just have to read five. And I think that's a really good skill. And I think for me, the biggest learning opportunity has been through reading investing yeah, books. Yeah. Because not only do you learn about you know the jargon and all that stuff, but you just understand how these people who are writing these books think. Yeah. And the people that are writing these books are generally great investors in their own right. Absolutely. And there's just a, there's a compounding effect of knowledge. The mm. more you read... The more you understand, the more you're able to read and it just, it, it builds and it builds and it builds. Mm. And I think just if you don't feel comfortable researching individual stocks, but you want to get started investing, take what we spoke about in previous episodes around looking at indexes and just getting broad market returns. And at the same time, start picking up investing books. And on our website, we recommend some that we've read and we really liked. So yeah. you can check that out, equitymates.com slash books. But it really doesn't matter. Mm. There's heaps out there and they're so good. Just start. Yeah, absolutely. Almost every single person we've ever interviewed uh, on Equity Mates Investing Podcast, Ren, have been avid readers. And when we first started the podcast, they they just kept saying, you'll learn more by reading than anything else. And I thought, yeah, you know, whatever, these guys, you know, they've got the smarts. They're just saying that. But to be honest, like we have read a lot and I truly believe that you can become a very good investor by reading the books that are out there. Absolutely. Yep. Now, one other thing, if you're not a big reader, you you should try. But <laughs> Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Well, financial docos, there's some good ones out there. Yeah, yeah. But I also think podcasts as well. You're obviously a podcast listener if you're listening to this yeah. or a YouTube watcher, I guess. There's plenty of good free financial content out there. And if that's how you learn, then I think find a bunch and listen to them religiously because it's just about learning about the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, Ren. Well, I think that's a pretty good summation of the different types of information out there. I know you've got a closing question before we wrap this up. Yeah. Oh, you want me to ask you? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I think there may be a misconception that what we spoke about in terms of all that research is what you need to do for every stock. And I know for me personally, my best investment came off nowhere near the amount of research. So I'm interested to know for your best investment, can you remember the research process that led you to making that trade? I can remember it vaguely and to be honest a lot of it was based on gut feel and intuition yeah <laughs> and it w- it stemmed from an article that i read around the growth of infant formula going into from china so i'm talking about um bellamy's here and that was just a starting point for me to research it at that sort of general 
industry working in retail at the time. So kind of understood the demand side of things as well. And then I just went from there. A lot of it was just around this just feels right. I trusted my gut, which I haven't done enough of, to be honest. And to be frank, the investing process itself from a top down, bottom up was nowhere near as comprehensive as we just spoke about, which I think is very important. You don't have to go through, as you said, that process. So I think we didn't touch on it enough, but back yourself in when it comes to these sorts of things. Back your gut instincts. Yeah. And I think gut instinct and intuition is something that builds over time. You know, the more you understand about the industry, the more you understand about companies that have done well and haven't done well, you understand what to look for and what to not look for. Your intuition and your gut are more and more reliable indicators, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think mine is similar industry, A2 Milk. I was interested in the China trade. So China as a growing market, the opportunity there as more, more and more people enter the middle class. So that was definitely on my mind. But I just came across A2 Milk, I think in the early days in the financial review and really put that trade in without too much mm. more thought after mm. that. So the idea that you need to do every one of the steps that we spoke about not true. You don't. You, we probably should have, to be fair. <laughs> but It just goes to show that you don't need to, though. People can have shocking process and make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. It's just about doing all of this and dotting your I's and crossing your T's should help you make less mistakes. Absolutely. Because we've definitely made some mistakes. Yeah. But- you can make money with shocking process and shocking research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice, Ren. Well, I guess it's a good way to close. Just don't be, again, don't be afraid to get stuck in. There is probably no better way than doing at the end of the day. You yep. can probably sit and read as many investing books as you want. And at the end of the day, it's not going to be the thing that will make you pull that trigger and jump in. You've just got to make that decision yourself. So get started. Yep. Get started. Be aware that you're going to make mistakes. Understand that you'll lose money at some point. No one bats 100. But yeah, you're going to learn a lot more by doing than by sitting on the sidelines. Well, Ren, as always, really good to chat stocks and markets, really enjoying the progression of this series. Hopefully, we have been able to knock down many barriers that people are facing when it comes to investing. I'm sure today was one of them as well. So looking forward to continuing and, and wrapping up this series as we get to the climax of buying our first direct stocks in the market. So always good to chat stocks. Looking forward to next week. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Get Started Investing is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances or goals. The hosts of Get Started Investing may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.